for the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Kate Scott. This is the update. On today's show, it's been exactly one week since baseball owners voted unanimously to have Commissioner Rob Manfred mandate a season. So we figured with players reporting to Spring Training 2.0 on Wednesday, there was no one better to talk to about the state of the game and the season ahead than longtime baseball scribe Jason Stark. It's Monday, June 29th. Well, Jason, so appreciate your time today. Baseball is coming back. So my first question, have you slept any better the last <laughs> few nights as a result of the news? <laughs> Thank you for asking. I'm not used to writing about my sleeping habits, but this was getting to me. The negotiations were wearing me out. I, they were. It was embarrassing. As somebody who loves baseball, I was talking to people who work in the sport telling me they were embarrassed to work in baseball. That's how bad it got to be having that fight that publicly at a time like this in America. So thank God that's behind us for now, at least. Yeah. Now, for those of you who didn't get that reference as negotiations were dragging on, as Jason mentioned, he wrote about how he's usually a great sleeper, but baseball's inability to figure itself out changed that a bit. Another thing you mentioned as the negotiations were wearing on, Jason, is a great phrase. Being right is not as important as doing what's right. So big picture. Now that baseball is supposedly coming back, how did baseball do in doing what's right? Well, it's hard to give them a passing mark on that class. They fought about money for three months and never did make a deal. So uh, how can you say anybody was a winner, right? How can you say that this was a great moment for the sport that they're going to play anyway? It's just so baseball. They were like that football team. They kept driving into the red zone and couldn't <laughs> score. That's what it felt like. If this was a normal type negotiation, you would have thought that they got close enough that they could have made a deal. But they can't agree on anything. It's it's just so amazing to me that, you know, three months ago they made a deal and then couldn't agree on what they agreed on. And then last week the commissioner flew to Tony Clark's house and they couldn't agree on what they agreed on again. Like, when you think about how hard it is to do that once, they did it twice. It's a more amazing record than DiMaggio's hitting streak. <laughs> and that's saying something because we all know how amazing <laughs> that number is. All right, let's get into some of the details of what you're already calling the strangest season ever, which I think will definitely come to pass. Let's start with the games. Players wanted as many as possible, understandably. They're getting paid per game. They want to play. The owners seem to want the opposite at times. Why was 60 the number of games we landed on? Well, 60 became the number, I think, for the most part, just because of the calendar. If you just keep watching the days fly off the calendar, Kate, and you look up and July is the next week and you're committed to not playing beyond September for the regular season or October for the postseason, there just wasn't time on the calendar to play any more games than that. And that's why Rob Manfred imposed the number that he imposed. Now, look, the union would say, the players would say, baseball stalled. Baseball waited so long to make any economic proposal that this was almost a self-fulfilling prophecy on their end. But at the end, realistically, unless you were just going to keep going to Thanksgiving and beyond, 60 games in 66 days was about all they could realistically do. Do you think baseball stalled? You know, I don't know that stalled is exactly the right word. I do think you can fairly accuse Rob Manfred and the owners of making proposals for a long time that they knew 
the players weren't going to accept, that they knew weren't even going to generate a meaningful conversation. And that became a huge problem. You know, one thing it did was it galvanized players. Never seen a negotiation like this where players were not just so united about what they felt, but the public was on their side. That never happens. They use social media very well to make sure it happened. So that was a really interesting part of the dynamic. Now, if you ask the people inside Major League Baseball about the union, on the other hand, I mean, they would say that when Tony Clark came out immediately and said, we got nothing to talk about when it comes time to negotiate salary adjustments. We already decided that. You owe us 100% of our prorated salaries or else. That made it really difficult in their mind to make any proposal that could generate any middle ground. The whole thing became a three-month fight over one line in the sand, 100% or less than 100%. And if nobody would cross that line, there was just no way to be creative or compromise or figure out any middle ground. And that's why we are where we are. Despite all this negativity, understandably, I'm a positive person overall, Jason. So I'm wondering, <laughs> as attention spans get shorter and shorter, one of the complaints about baseball has been that the season's just too damn long. So what positives, if any, do you see coming from only playing 60 games this year? There is an intensity that, and an urgency to playing 60 games that you would never find in a six-month season. And you know, I think that helps the appeal of the sport in some ways because I've covered a lot of baseball. I've been around a lot of managers. I've, in a, in a six-month season, there are times when managers will say, you know what, I can't go pedal to the metal to win this game tonight because I've got to worry about tomorrow. Uh, I don't think that can be the approach now. You know, that's just so different than any baseball season we've ever witnessed, that everything just takes on outside importance. You know, in the most recent column I wrote, or one of those columns I wrote last week. <laughs> You've written uh, about 50. <laughs> I, I, I talked about how a seven-game losing streak in a 60-game season is the equivalent of losing 19 games in a row in a 162-game season. A seven-game losing streak in baseball is no big deal normally. There were 19 teams last year that lost seven games or more at some point. And you have plenty of time in a long season to overcome them. But you don't in a season like this. I can tell you that in the expansion era, no team has ever lost 19 games in a row and come within 30 games of playing in the postseason. So that just gives you an idea of how if things start to steamroll on any team, it's going to look and feel so much different than it would otherwise. From a preparation standpoint, Jason, how are pitchers going to get ready in less than a month? You know, that's a big issue. And I think there's going to be more worry about pitcher injuries than we have seen. On the other hand, you know, just talking to clubs during this shutdown, I would say for at least a month, every team that I spoke with told me they had been in touch with their pitchers and said, you know, you should not be treating this like December. This is more like January. When we get to whatever spring training looks like, whenever it arrives, you've got to be ready. You've got to be stretched out. You know, we don't have the time to give you five starts to get stretched out so you're ready to start the season. You've got to be ready right out of the gate. And so players have been looking for different ways to ramp it up. 
you know, pitchers who had somebody to throw to, some catcher that they knew, they were fine. But like we've seen pitchers post videos of throwing into nets in their backyard, mm-hmm. long tossing at a park, you know, throw 50 <laughs> balls and then run down there and pick them all up and throw them again. And <laughs> yep. it's been a time of innovation. And so everybody's going to be at a, at a little different stage. But clubs have gotten out ahead of that. And it's going to be important. Yeah, no doubt. Now, here in San Francisco, I know we've heard Giants president Farhan Zaidi talk about how they're going to use guys differently because of the short preparation period. Talk about tandem guys, about other unconventional ideas when it comes to a, I guess you could still call it a pitching rotation this year. We'll see. So how do you see that position shaking out once the season does start? Doesn't this feel like this is just made for Farhan? You know? <laughs> it does. Like this, nothing about this season is going to be normal anyway. The whole thing is going to feel like a lab experiment. In some ways. <laughs> yeah. And that just plays into the things that Farhan and Gabe Kapler love most. Now, is that good? Is that bad? I, it's hard to know anything about anything right now. Yeah. But, I, you know, I think that innovation is going to be huge in a season like this. And Farhan is the great innovator. I don't know if the Giants have enough arms to do everything he's talking about. But it's going to be fun to watch. One of my favorite things about baseball right now, anyway, is just the thinking and how creatively people think. Farhan's at the head of that class. So they'll be fascinating to watch. Let's talk health and safety protocols. No other sport so far in the States that's attempting to come back seems to be doing enough as we hear more and more people testing positive for COVID-19. What can you share, if anything, about baseball's plans for dealing with the disease? It's worrisome because baseball's the one team sport that is not going to do this in a bubble. And that means teams are going to play games in their home park and they're going to travel. So in between those home games, they're going to let players go home or wherever the heck else they go, right? And who knows who they come in contact with when they're not in the park, right? When they're away from team supervision, that's a huge worry huge. And then when they travel, travel becomes a huge worry. When they're in the hotel, they're trusting players not to go out, not to go to a restaurant, not to go to bars after games. Is that going to work? You know, just like a lot of trust. Knowing what I know of players, (laughs) it's going to be a major challenge because I read through all 67 pages of the initial health and safety protocols. I've read through most of the 101 pages in the new set of protocols. And here's the deal. You're counting on every player to do everything right every day. But it's not just every player, every coach, every manager, it's every staff member. And also every single person who sets foot in the ballpark every day and every hotel worker when you travel and every airport worker and everyone who comes in contact with anybody. They have to be perfect in following these rules and then they have to be perfect again the next day and the day after that and every single day after that. Does it feel doable? It feels like an enormous challenge to me. Before we let you go, Jason, A lot of rules changes coming. A couple of the most exciting, at least for fans, the DH coming to the National League. And we're going to start every extra inning with a runner on second. Which rule change are you most excited to see? I've seen the DH. (laughs) Okay, so I I know how that works. You have? Where have you seen that before? (laughs) Yeah, I get around, you know, I have. But the extra inning rule, the runner on second to start every extra inning, like I 
have never seen a minor league game in which that happened. I did see a little World Baseball Classic where that happened. And I, I've never been in favor of it because I'm a fan of, of weirdness. And sometimes when teams <laughs> play 17 innings and the uh, the shortstop's on the mound and, and one of the starting pitchers is playing left field, I yeah. am a fan of that. But I like I've always been curious about this. And again, this is the perfect time to try it in a season where nothing's going to be normal anyway. And just for health and safety reasons, you don't want players to spend any more time at the ballpark than they absolutely have to. Uh, the minor league numbers prove that this gets the games over with. But there is one wrinkle that I wrote about in one of my pieces last week, and that is you could actually have stuff like a team throws a perfect game and still loses right? It could happen. What? All right. Let's think about it. You pitch nine perfect innings. No hits, no walks, no hit batters, no errors, nothing. Now you start the 10th inning with a runner on second. All it takes is wild pitch, sacrifice fly, or wild pitch, <laughs> wild pitch, true. or two fly balls, or ground ball to the right side, and a wild pitch. And there are a lot of ways that a team could score and yet never allow a base runner. And, like, this is so crazy that I actually needed to get a ruling on whether it was a <laughs> real thing from the Elias Sports Bureau because when this first came to the minor leagues, there was disagreement about it. Uh, Elias said no. The people who were overseeing statistics for the minor leagues said yes. Elias tells me, okay, they're now on board that this is possible. They also wanted to remind me that the chances are basically one in a zillion. Here's how I look at that. They're saying there's a chance. You're saying there's a <laughs> chance. Well, and we've come full circle because strangest season ever. Here we come. Jason, thanks for the time. This was great. Kate, enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. To read Jason's top-notch coverage of Major League Baseball, just click the link we've got for you in the description notes of today's podcast. Don't forget, you can now listen to us through any of your Google devices. All you have to do is tell the old assistant, hey, play the update with Kate Scott podcast. And if you're enjoying the podcast, we'd love for you to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks in advance. For all of us here at The Update, thanks again to Jason Stark for stopping by. Thanks to you for listening. I'm Kate Scott. Have a safe and healthy few days, everybody. Looking forward to talking to you again on Wednesday. <laughs>